Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Nick Spasic. And I'm Julie Holland. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately the show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. You can also check out these great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters. Essex Coffee Roasters offers offers specialty-grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. They're committed to accessible quality coffees and offer education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Essex believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. And if you use code CINEPUNKS, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, you get 10% off. Also, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but maybe also the world. Personable and professional, the only place where you get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them online at xlvacx.com. All right. We are recording on New Year's Day and starting off with a real bang with forgetting to write on my part a getting to know you question. So last minute getting to know you question. What are your New Year's Eve or New Year's Day traditions? Um, We don't usually go out on New Year's Eve. It's just mm-hmm. um, usually like I one or the both of us are just like exhausted and we've proven over the years that we can stay up till midnight. So um, usually like we just like kind of hang out at the house and like watch random stuff. For instance, this year it was um, episodes of this old house. But um, usually like most New Year's days, like we just like have like a bunch of food kind of ready to go and watch movies and stuff like we've done like i think last year we watched Encanto because that came out one year we watched started off the year by watching both the adams family movies it's just sort of like whatever sounds good this year um was a uh, cinepunks uh movie marathon on twitch and so i watched uh three of those well two and a half of those movies before i hopped on to record this and uh that actually I hope we do again next year because it was that's exactly the level of socialization I want where it's like I get to hang out with a bunch of people, but I don't actually have to hang out with them because yeah, I'm on your own couch. <laughs> I am peopled out at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You? Uh, well, kind of same for us. We both worked in bars for so long that going out is like a non-starter, like hard pass. Um, this year we did go out to dinner with friends, which... We were real hesitant on, but we went out at 6.30 so that we could be home in time to watch 200 Cigarettes, which is important to me as a New Year's Eve movie. And then we watched, you know, the Miley and Dolly Parton countdown, which was had an odd amount of David Byrne. I'm not complaining. It was weird, though. Um, And then New Year's Day, it's always a big deal to me to watch the Rose Parade. So imagine my disappointment when I woke up this morning and Googled to find out what time it comes on, only to learn that it doesn't come on until tomorrow this year because of football, I'm guessing, because I think the uh, the bowl games have had to push back a day because it's Sunday is what I think happened. But it really threw off my whole day. So after we get off of this, I will go make my black eyed peas and eat them against my will for the imagined luck that they might bring. And that, that'll be that. Well, I mean, like, I, I've i also, like, I had some friends who were like, oh, we watched New Year's Evil for the first time this year. And I was like, that's one I don't enjoy quite enough to make, like, an annual, like, holiday movie I try to watch on the holiday on which it takes place. But I can see the appeal. Yeah. I may get to Bridget Jones's Diary, which is another one that I like to watch on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. So I may do that this evening. I may not. I don't get to that one every year, but I think it's a nice one for this time of year. Yeah. Well, if you've got any traditions uh, for your New Year's, let us know. Like maybe, maybe we can steal them. Yeah. Tell me your black eyed peas recipes that makes the taste of black eyed peas go away. <laughs> Mine's decent. Mine's decent, but I can still, they taste like dirt. Yeah.
So I guess it's time for new nightmares. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That was me. <laughs> I can't read today. Yes, this is our roundup of trailers, new to streaming, coming to theaters, and any news that has happened since last we recorded. And we have to start out with a real bummer. Um, Ruggiero Deodato um, died at 83 last week um, at the time of recording, just, just before the new year. Um he is, of course, known to um, horror fans and, you know, like probably even people who aren't horror fans um, for, for being the director of Cannibal Holocaust. Um, like it infamous, um, like progenitor of uh, found footage, one could say, um, mm-hmm. like very, very notorious. Um, my favorite thing is the fact that they did have him uh, in, in Hostel Part 2. Uh, he cameoed as an actual cannibal. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but I mean, he's made like a, a ton of other movies. I mean, like you can find like he's he's got um, like Italian crime films. He's got um, some really great sort of like um Escape from New York, post-apocalyptic knockoff movie, um, uh, definitely like directed all over the place. And like, it's one of those really sort of like sad things, even though like at 83 mm-hmm. had a very full life, yeah. life and career, but um, definitely a, a loss for the genre. Mm-hmm. I've actually never seen Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, I watched it once um and i have like no desire to ever see it again i'm like it's one of those things i'm like i'm glad i've watched it but i don't like cannibal movies are not my thing yeah and just knowing that like the animal violence in it i think a lot of it was real and i just i think i don't need to see that i yeah so many of those italian like i mean i've watched a lot of cannibal movies just you know for for the sake of having seen them but yeah they're all, like all of them for whatever reason in a way to like get more violence in at very low cost they would have like whatever you know native peoples who are part of the movie like here's how you kill a live tortoise and then cook it and it's just or, or hack apart a living snake it's just it's 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 the most horrific part of these movies yeah yeah all right on to our handful of trailers we don't have a ton of news today but it's almost all trailers so this one I'm really excited about, a movie called Blood, and it is directed by the director of Session 9, Brad Anderson. And Session 9 is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. It's so good. This is completely different, it looks like. I mean, it might still have some of the psychological aspects that Session 9 did, but a lot more blood. Um, the film follows Jess, a nurse and mother recently separated from her husband, who moves with her daughter, Tyler, and young son, Owen back into her old farmhouse. Shortly after settling in, Owen's dog escapes into the woods and returns days later, blood-soaked and rabid. When he attacks and bites Owen, the resulting infection from the bite grows more alarming by the day as Owen's behavior becomes frightening and deadly. As he spirals deeper into the depths of the illness, Jess discovers a disturbing cure, which makes her question how far she is willing to go to keep her child alive. Also, Skeet Ulrich is in this, so... Yeah, and uh, the the mom's played by Michelle Monaghan, so yeah. um, uh, excellent cast. This generation will definitely recognize the two parents. Yeah, yeah. The trailer looks is, is real bloody and a lot of uh, creepy kid action, begging for more blood. Oh, that repeatedly whispered, "I want more." Like yeah. it, it's like a lot of good like sort of like sada voce uh stuff in trailers the last few episodes where it's just like somebody saying something very quietly at the edge yeah. of like when you're and i watch most of these trailers with headphones on so it sounds like somebody's quietly whispering horrible horrible things in my ears that's fun we love that <laughs> have you ever seen the machinist i don't think i have uh that's the one uh where um christian bale lost like all that weight right no i didn't see that i should see that because obviously i love session nine so i'm guessing i love this guy's work yeah it's 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 it is very psychologically disturbing uh it ups the ante a lot (laughs) oh uh speaking of children but um not in a creepy way um the we finally got the full trailer for the m night Shyamalan adaptation of paul tremblay's book uh knock at the cabin um 
uh, which we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, we got trailer. Uh, and just to remind you, it is while vacationing in a remote cabin, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. With limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. Um, man, I've read the book, and even the, the trailer was super, super. Yeah, I didn't expect this to look so sad and dark. You know, like obviously it's horror, it's dark, but I thought there'd be like a little element of fun, and it does not look fun. And I don't say that in a way to suggest that I don't want to see it because I very much do want to see it. But boy, oh boy, it looks intense. And just like the cast is like super. I mean, we've got Dave Bautista, um, mm-hmm. uh, Rupert Grant. Um, I love the fact that they have him in here as being from Servant. And I'm like, listen, there's well, no way we yes. know Rupert Grant from. Like, yes, but <laughs> listen, like, no matter what we think of J.K. Rowling at this point, he's still he's still Ron. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, also Ben Alridge, um, who's in Pennyworth, but I know I've seen him in other stuff mm-hmm. and I'm trying to remember, uh, and also, uh, Jonathan Groff, um, who, um, I think genre fans know from Mindhunter, but yeah. I think everyone knows from Hamilton. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but they all look super creepy. Um, I, I think it's good. I, I'm very excited to see how this all turns out. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it looks like I know that Dave Batista has been trying to like vary his acting repertoire. And it this looks like something he's really sinking his teeth into. So I was excited to see that. Yeah, it I I'm I'm excited to see it. I have a feeling I'm gonna come out of it very, very sad. Yeah, it looks sad. Apart I the the, the genre I dislike the most or choose the least is probably apocalypse because it really freaks me out so i'm I'm still gonna watch it but i'm gonna be <laughs> bummed out about it and that comes out february 3rd and i forgot to tell you guys that blood comes out january 27th and today is kid themed because our next trailer is kids versus aliens and this is directed by uh, jason eisner who directed hobo with a shotgun he also directs the dark side of the ring uh, series on vice if you are into wrestling and you watch that completely different thing but you know he's coming at it from that kind of over the top fun angle i think and this is definitely over the top um it is kids and aliens uh it is not for kids there's lots of swears there's lots of gore and it it, it looks like it get the trailer gets fun and wacky at the end but man it gets pretty dark at the beginning it I don't know. It, it, maybe I'm just in a dark mood today, but everything seems like, well, this looks like more of a bummer than you want it to be. <laughs> the synopsis on this is all Gary wants is to make awesome home movies with his best buds. All his older sister, Samantha, wants is to hang with the cool kids. When their parents head out of town one Halloween weekend, an all-time rager of a teen house party turns into terror when aliens attack, forcing the sibling, siblings to band together to survive the night. And in the trailer, they tell us that the aliens are using human skin to power their ship. So <laughs> if that gives you any idea on the kind of body horror that you're about to see, that is it. Um, I am, I, I'm a big fan of like everything he's done because um, I, I can't remember if we mentioned this on our Christmas episode or not, um, but he directed Treevenge, which is a right. superbly weird short film um, uh, about, um, Christmas trees being sent okay. to taking revenge. And uh, I mean, like a lot of people have brought up the the fact that this seems like an expanded version of his um, segment from VHS to oh, mm-hmm. alien abduction slumber party, which is one of my favorite VHS segments. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it looks like it's going to be a, a blast. Uh, yeah. I know he was involved with turbo kid at some point. So like that doesn't really surprise me having watched this. Cause it feels very turbo kid. Yeah. I think he was maybe a producer or something, on yep. that. but I mean, uh, you know, I'm excited. Yeah. Either way. And we will be able to see this January 20th in theaters on demand and digitally. I hope it comes to a theater near me. I know this looks like it would be really fun in a theater. Yeah, I want to see this one with a crowd so, so much. Um, 
Speaking of things that I wish I could see with a crowd, uh, <laughs> and also speaking of like action horror-ish, um, is a movie um, called Project Wolf Hunting, um, which <laughs> like evidently a really big uh, fright fest uh, um, thing, uh, fantastic fest, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, it is, uh, the synopsis is, while under heavily armed guard, the dangerous convicts aboard a cargo ship unite in a coordinated escape attempt at, that soon is, at, escalates into a bloody all-out riot. But as the fugitives continue the brutal campaign of terror, they soon discover that not even the most vicious of them is safe from the horror they unknowingly unleashed from the darkness below deck. Yeah. Oh, this, this looks like the like real like action horror. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it looks actually terrifying. Well, you know, also, you know, a lot of like fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there were some moments that were kind of even I'm going to say a little bit predator ish just because mm -hmm. there was like a, a scanning like the the person was scanning a, a kind of a body heat body heat vision situation. Yeah. But other than that, not predator, but just that made me think of it. Uh, It is a. Uh... A South Korean film um, directed by Kim Hong Sun, um, and it debuts on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital on February 14th, making this the perfect Valentine's Day present um, Much romance. For, for the horror fan in your life. <laughs> um, but I mean, uh, and that's coming out uh, from Well Go USA, um, and uh, I am I'm very excited for this. I think this will be a I, I would love to see this with a crowd, but we'll yeah, it, it looks super cool. All right. One more entry into the creepy kid department with there's something wrong with the children. Uh, this stars Zach Guilford, who you might recognize from Midnight Mass and and the Midnight Club. He's on a real midnight run. <laughs> and Amanda Crew from Haunting in Connecticut and Final Destination 3, among others. The synopsis is when Margaret and Ben take a weekend trip with longtime friends Ellie and Thomas and their two young children, Ben begins to suspect something supernatural is occurring when the kids behave strangely after disappearing into the woods overnight. I mean, this has scary kids. It's got a really deep looking cave. It, yeah. It, <laughs> what are you scared of? It's got it. It's got the forest. It's got a remote cabin. You know, other people's kids are always scary in a way. Just. I mean, as a person who doesn't have kids, that's universal. But, you know, you're always afraid, like, how how much are you supposed to help discipline? Them? You know, you don't know the line, stuff like that. But then when the kids start acting this creepy, that's an awkward situation on top of the horror of it looks like children murdering people. Uh, I, Yeah, I'm a big fan of Roxanne Benjamin. Um, I've seen, like, I think all of her short stuff, like from Southbound and uh, XX, I have... Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that I have definitely checked it out from the library, and I think it's still on Hulu, I have never seen her movie Body at Brighton Rock, and everybody is just like, "Oh no, it's really good." Um, and I feel like I feel like now I really need to see it. Yeah, yeah, I need to see that one too. Also, this is a Blumhouse MGM Plus collaboration, oh. so I think that that is where it will be streaming out on. So uh, it's available in digital. And on demand January 17th, and then it will be on MGM Plus March 17th. I think maybe that's because MGM Plus hasn't started happening yet, but I'm not sure. I don't think it, I don't think it started yet. Ugh, yeah. Damn it. So, you know, another streaming service that you will be asked to take part in if you want to see these things. Um, I think I'll have a review coming out for this one. Hopefully I get to do that because then I'll get to see it because I'm definitely not going to pay for MGM Plus. <laughs> <laughs> No offense to MGM, just tapped out on streamers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, not a lot this episode. But uh, I think we're excited for pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot, but enough, and everything. I think that everything we talked about comes out in the next couple of months, which is exciting. We don't have yeah, to wait I'm really, too long. I'm really glad that we're we're getting like a solid start to the year. And now, our feature presentation.
And now it is time for our future presentation. This year, I mean, this, which will be this year's best of 2022. All of the things that we enjoyed watching. Uh, and, typo right there. Uh, in 2022. So um, we're going to go back and forth with our top fives, counting down to number one, as well as discussing um, some other things that we quite enjoyed about 2022 in horror um and you get to kick us off with number five all right yay okay my number five is one that we have already devoted quite a bit of time to actually because my number five is a wounded fawn um obviously we've told you all about how much we love this film i just it's one that's really grown on me when I first saw it i kind of didn't know what to make of it and then the more i thought about it and after watching it again I was just like, yes, this is brilliant, and I love it, and I think it's one that people should really try to seek out. It didn't hit mainstream, but I think it is absolutely worth your time. Josh Rubin nails it. Travis Stevens, I think, best thing he's done so far, by far. 100%. This is my my number four. Okay, um, cool. And yeah, like I just, I the more I think about it, the more I talk about it i think this is probably uh, with the exception of what will be my number one i think this is the movie i have recommended to the most people as like oh like this is something you should see you probably haven't heard about it but like i think it's it's got something for everybody whether you're a horror person or not like it definitely mm -hmm. has like if you like i don't know art house films like you'll definitely uh, appreciate like how it was put together and especially yeah. like just independent cinema in general like it's it's a really excellent demonstration of what you can do with a small cast and just like a very definite opinion about like what your visual style is going to be with you know two really great actors yeah yeah and and you nailed it with the word style because it's so stylish and it beautiful just, it looks so good. It's a movie like I think I said this when we did the episode, but yeah, like every single frame of this movie could be like a picture. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. What's your number five? My number five and I'm totally cheating here, but I couldn't decide. Uh, but I feel like they're both kind of of a theme. Um, so it's a it is a tie between uh crabs, um, which we covered yes. very early this year, as well as Deadstream. I feel like it's nice. just like both of those movies hit like the horror comedy thing that I want, where it's like legitimately like while crabs may not be scary it's definitely thrilling um and mm -hmm. is like a great monster movie which i feel like we don't get a lot of although we did get like a few this year that made me really really happy um yeah like slashback um but deadstream is legitimately creepy and disconcerting but while also being hilarious like it is it 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 hits that splat stick vein that you don't get that often like with like you know evil dead 2 or tucker and dale versus evil um like it's just it's it's splattery and it's gross and you're legitimately like creeped out and horrified at points but it's so much fun yeah and it i don't know that you see the comedy that much with the found footage aspect which i think is is fun i it didn't make my list crabs made my top 10 but not my top five so i'm glad that you brought it up to talk about it because of course we loved crabs yeah, love and, it so much. <laughs> and also, like, if you enjoy Deadstream and you want more of that, the final segment of VHS ninety four features the folks who mm -hmm. made Deadstream, and so you you get that as well. So it, it that'll scratch that itch until we get another feature. Which, uh, judging on the number of like the Abby Olchesi, the film editor at the Pitch, legitimate, it made her top ten. Like, and she's. A, a real nice. critic like, yeah. <laughs> like, she's um like I mean, we both write movie reviews but like she's like a critic critic so yeah. <laughs> uh so what is your number four my number four is watcher which i don't know that i've brought up very much but i really liked it i love micah monroe and i love a moody slow burn and that's exactly what this is um it really captures the 
you know, fish out of water, uncomfortable in a situation you can't control while someone is serial killing, you know, it, it, you feel tense the whole time and it's beautiful, beautifully shot. Um, it's a definitely a COVID film, but you, you can't tell, you know, it doesn't feel sometimes you can tell you're like, okay, there's two people in this movie in one house. (laughs) It's a COVID film. I don't think you can really tell, but what, what did work out is that there was no one on the streets ever when they filmed. So it just is so eerie and quiet and you wouldn't get that. You wouldn't be able to get that if that, you know, people weren't on lockdown while you're trying to film your movie. So it just really worked out to really give it that creepy vibe. Um, yeah, I, I think if people haven't watched that, that's another one to seek out. That is one that like, I'm always like, Oh, I should watch that. And then there's always something else. And um, maybe tonight that might be the one that I finally get on top of and see because yeah, Micah Monroe is having like a real solid like like she I'm, she is becoming a, like a genre person, but also does like genre things that aren't strictly what you might think. Yeah, she's just she really is making all the right choices. It seems like everything she picks is perfect for her style of acting and delivery i think yeah she just she knows her brand i think that's what it is <laughs> well i mean uh we've already talked about my number four which is wounded fawn so uh what is your number three my number three is nope um which i feel like i haven't seen it on as many people's lists and maybe it's because it came out early in the year or maybe maybe it just didn't hit for people um but i thought it was it was just so big, you know, and it's great to see such big horror actually hit and be popular. And it was such an interesting take on alien or monster or, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's such an interesting take. I think by now it's okay for me to say that it's like, I think everybody knows that it was an alien or something like that, but, and, and, and there's so many layers of the story that's not just this thing in the sky there's other horrors you know there's the whole um the 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 chimpanzee thing there's <laughs> the whole thing uh that moment when the blood rains on the house is just an absolutely epic horror moment and everyone in it is acting their ass off and i don't i don't want us to forget about it because it happened so early in the year it's my number 6 um like it just just shy of making my my top five i i find myself thinking about it a lot and i feel like i need to give it a rewatch now that it's streaming mm-hmm. um because i feel I, and i think a lot of people have like the discourse got a little different when it hits streaming <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's a movie like because there are a lot of people who went and saw it in the theaters but i feel like a lot of people who went and saw it in the theaters are folks who like kind of have an idea of what jordan peele is doing and those mm-hmm. like they're the ones willing to like drop money on it but i feel like the the discourse got a lot wider when people are like oh i can just like hit a thing on my phone and watch it yeah. um and it it a lot of people asking very weird questions um or mm-hmm. I, I guess things that seem already resolved by the time it hits yeah, like we already discussed this months ago you guys yeah you guys are behind um like there's enough explainers on there's so there were by the time we recorded our episode there were so many yeah. explainers online and we recorded it like the week it came out i think exactly like that was the thing like i had so many things to choose from where i was like oh this is a rabbit hole we could go down for an entire episode yeah. it was like one paragraph of like out of 10 like mm-hmm. different explainers and like think pieces. Yeah. Jordan Peele just does not leave any any second of his movies unstuffed with things to unpack. Like every minute is its own little suitcase of things you could unpack to try to figure out what he's getting at, you know. And I love that. And the thing that it what makes Nope, I think, great in a way that's different from us or get out is that like you can just watch it as an alien invasion movie and mm-hmm. it's just like a popcorn flick where it's just, you know, like a brother and a sister and like the weird dude from the tech shop, like just fighting an alien and enjoy mm-hmm. it on a purely like surface level thing. And it's still fun as hell. Looks, yeah. looks amazing. Just 
again like it's a it's a movie where it's just like oh man like they shot this like a summer action movie yeah yeah and it was i mean just awesome on the big screen like i feel bad for the people who waited for it to just be <laughs> streaming because i'm like you missed out it it needs that big screen so you can see how epic this thing in the sky is that you're just like what is that where you just have like one guy on a horse like that's like a a dot in the middle of the screen and you just see how vast this range yeah huh all right what's your number three oh yeah right my number three is x um nice which is another movie i feel like because pearl came out and really grabbed a lot of attention because of like how it came to be i think a lot Mm -hmm. of people forgot x came out this year it was our first episode yeah um way back in march and i it is a movie um that i think is kind of of a pair with nope where it is a movie about like movies Mm -hmm. and that's what i i just like I enjoy everything from like that opening shot that makes it feel like curtains are parting and the screen is getting bigger. Um, It's, it is again, like a COVID movie, but it doesn't feel like one. It it's, it feels like where you took all of the aspects of like grindhouse independent cinema, where it's like, it's a small cast shot, like in one location, but did it with like real actors and people who know how to like shoot, like an actual dp and a real director who isn't just Mm -hmm. trying to like make a quick buck it's like everything you like about like shitty grindhouse movies but like actually a quality film um yeah that is again filled with like a lot of nudity sex and brutal violence Mm -hmm. plus it drew all of our attention to mia goth and jenna ortega Mm -hmm. kick off their year of Wow, she's in everything and amazing uh, for both of them. <laughs> I know. It's like both of them are in so many things that came out this year and not a dud. No, they're I- both. They can join Micah Monroe with the Making Great Decisions Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. I could 100%. Like I it, again, it's just like it's a like superb movie. It's super fun. Mm-hmm. And I had a blast. Good one. What's your number two? My number two is Barbarian. Oh, same. Oh, perfect. We're so in tune. <laughs> I wonder if we have the same number one. I bet not, but we'll see. Um, I just thought Barbarian was is just so unique. And to be able to surprise those of us who have been watching horror so intensely for so long, to just like to the point where in the theater when that first twist happened, I was like, they just punked us all and just made the movie that short. Like <laughs> For the twist to like, I didn't even think it was a twist. I just thought the movie was going to be over. It, and it just, it none of us could have predicted where it was going, I think, until we saw it, which is outstanding. Outstanding. It's it's the movie where I was just sit, like sitting there in the theater, like set my drink down and just go, what the fuck am I watching? Like, yeah. like what? Like, because it it's two movies in one it's actually a billion movies in yeah. one. but like you have no idea in the way they bring everything back together and it's just it's so much fun and i had a co-worker mm-hmm. who watched it and stopped at the halfway point because he was just like oh it's dumb it's like did you get no like and like legitimately had another co-worker who like had that discussion with him and was just like you have to go back and finish it yeah you're not going to understand a whole bunch of stuff like all yeah. the complaints you had about like them not explaining things that happens like you just yeah. have to be patient be patient well and what's interesting is like when you think about it nothing in the movie is actually a new concept like we've seen every little concept yeah. in the movie but put together the way it is it managed to make every bit of it feel new and fresh and surprising and i it is a movie that rewards like having seen it before it is, yes. it is a movie that you could immediately finish and be like all right i'm gonna start that over and see what just what did i miss and it's one of those for forever if you can manage to find someone who didn't see it and watch it with them it's gonna be <laughs> joyous every time when that moment hits and they're like wait what the and you're like yes <laughs> yes <laughs> 
Oh, it's so much. It's so much fun. It's so different and so uh, such a, a great re. I'm not packaging, but like definitely like a reorganization of an inversion of just like everything you thought you knew about how these movies go. Yes. And also with good gore and and good laughs that aren't trying. Like mm. it's funny without being a comedy. There are moments that you're just like you're laughing because <laughs> this is still happening. This is ridiculous. You know, like it's not a comedy, but it is funny. Yeah. It's- it's it's it, it is a, a absurdist comedy where you're you're yes. laughing just at the like oh <laughs> like yeah. oh, I don't he's know how still I'm still measuring the sub basement. <laughs> it's you know it's the joke where it's like you know you get hit by a car once it's funny but you get hit mm-hmm. by a car nine times it's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. All right, number, number one, one, drum roll. My number one, and it might be controversial because I'm not sure if everyone considers it horror, but my number one is The Menu. Same. <gasps> we are the same person sometimes. Yeah, it was one of those where I quite honestly was like, I don't know. Do I want this? I, I had a list of like not horror, but movies that I also like this year, mm-hmm. uh, uh, such as Everything Everywhere All at Once and RRR, which are my mm-hmm two favorite favorite movies um but yeah like i was just like no no it's a horror movie like it because yeah. it's terrifying and uncomfortable yeah it and it this falls back into that same category of it surprised us mm-hmm. that all of us all of us horror fans were like it's cannibal you know it we see we know what's happening they're eating people <laughs> man's the most dangerous game we see this and that's not what it is and 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 it's creative and it's uh, fucking amazing cast <laughs> you're just like what's happening and why and then you start to figure it out and you're figuring it out along with the characters yeah and also funny without being a comedy it is also a movie um that i think for those of us who have worked in the service industry mm-hmm. it is it is cathartic a, it, it yes it is a love letter to like anybody who's ever like cooked food or served drinks or anything like that and felt underappreciated and just like <laughs> yes um, um or you know even if you just find like i don't know like instagram influencers infuriating you get <laughs> you get some you get some action for that as well yeah it's such a good movie i i hope that i don't know if that one's streaming anywhere yet but if it is it will be streaming on HBO Max uh, two days after we record, I believe it. So by the oh, time yes. you hear this, you, if you have HBO Max, and most of you probably do or have a friend who has, you should immediately um, take the opportunity to watch the menu to start off your new yes. year's viewing because it is it is a movie um, that I am eagerly looking forward to hitting streaming so I can go back mm-hmm. and watch it with the knowledge of everything having seen it once you know what would be fun is to do it with a dinner <laughs> inspired by I maybe not quite as many courses because that's it'd be a, a daunting but the key courses no i i have a, like an interesting question because they, they we, we've talked about all, like all these movies and everything and I'm, I'm thinking about like barbarian and the menu and nope mm-hmm. and i think even like even though it didn't make either of our top fives, I, like bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah, like they're all movies team. that by the time you get to the like once you finished it, you're like, oh, I need to, I need to see what I missed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, I, and I think that's the smartest move you can have as a filmmaker is <laughs> to make people want to watch it again because then you know if it's streaming, you get those clicks. I you probably don't get paid more for it, but the more clicks you get, the more likely you are to get to do another film i think i don't know how things work but yeah yeah, and i don't feel like any of these were like twist endings or anything like that it's just like it it they're so well made that you're just like oh you know they like all of a sudden you remember things that you saw early on that suddenly make a lot more sense Mm -hmm. and yeah Mm -hmm. I, I, i can't wait yeah it's been a year of incredible craftsmanship (laughs) yeah do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, or, I don't know if we're doing that or not. 
Yeah, I mean, like my honorable mentions are the 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 two, my two favorite favorite movies that were non horror, which is Everything Everywhere All at Once and RRR, which are both movies that I'm just like after having finished watching them, I felt not like a better person or anything like that. It was just like I got done watching them, I'm just like, oh man, like this is why I like watching movies. Like I just feel yeah. like like I just felt good. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. You? Um. Well, yeah, I have tons of honorable mentions because I had a top 10 list before we decided to do only five. And I had honorable mentions on top of that. But I will just call out a couple that I just think people might have missed. That I, I don't know if people miss Studio 666, but if you did, it's worth watching. It's really fun. Obviously, the Foo Fighters had a tragic year after that came out, but it, it's stupid. But it is hilarious and it's fun and it's bloody and you know their acting isn't top notch but it you know you can if you were a kid a teen in the 90s and you were watching their videos and waiting for each new Foo Fighters video because everyone was more ridiculous than the last it's the movie for you you know it's absolutely silly and fun and and more Jenna Ortega more Jenna Ortega yes absolutely and and another ridiculous one that people I think rolled their eyes at and rightfully so but I think worth checking out is orphan first kill i mean it's you're like when i was i was gonna watch it and i was gonna review it and i was like man what did i get myself into (laughs) there's no way this is gonna be good and then i it happened to me and i was like that's where they okay it has a twist in there that you wouldn't even see coming and it also has julia styles and she steals the show my honorable mention horror film that again like a lot of people are like it wasn't horror um is we are all going to the world's fair which is um maybe like the creepiest experience i had watching a movie because i because of the way the screener worked i could only watch it on my computer um Mm -hmm. and the entire movie is like basically uh for the most part a series of like clips shot via like a webcam and it's (laughs) yeah it's a real creepy thing to watch. Um, it it it's very subtle, and you I still don't know what happened. But uh, I got- yeah, that's one of those I still don't know how I feel about it. I watched it, and I was like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this movie. I don't know what happened. There are some moments in it that I was like, oh wow, but overall, I was just like, I don't, I don't know if I understand it. <laughs> I don't know if I understand it, but uh, I I was unsettled by it on mm-hmm. uh, on a very deep level. So um, nice. That's that that's mine. So what was the 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 best like theatrical experience you had this year? Like outside of festivals, because we'll we'll get to that. Um, for me, it was seeing Barbarian in the theater because I went I think opening weekend or shortly thereafter. So. You know, it was everyone in the theater's first time seeing it, and we were all going through it together, through through those twists together, through those moments. And I saw it with my two best friends that we go see horror with, and so it was just a perfect situation. And uh, yeah, seeing it with a group of people was just chef's kiss. How about you? Uh, you know, I really did have like a lot of fun seeing that in the theater it was an absolute blast so is x um honestly Mm -hmm. the most fun i had at the theater this year was seeing when trick-or-treat like got reissued getting to see that movie with a crowd made me appreciate it on a whole other level like Mm -hmm. that was that i mean like that has i think for you know except for those who got to see it like when it played the few festivals it did years ago like most horror fans haven't gotten a chance to see that movie on the big screen with a crowd and every like the screening we went to was packed nice and like it was just it was so much fun and it made me like a movie i've seen a dozen 20 times something like that like mm-hmm. i was just like oh yeah this is totally totally worth it yeah definitely a good time all right we have on our list best reissue so i'm going to toss that ball into your court because (laughs) i you follow that so much better than i do and i don't know i don't really have one because the only reissue that i saw was um 
don't open till Christmas. And I wasn't super moved by it. <laughs> um, I, I, I really enjoyed um, uh, Synapse's uh, reissue of the 70s uh, Bigfoot movie creature from Black Lake. Um, it's one I caught on TV when I was a kid and it looked awful. Like, I mean, it's just like yeah. one of those where it's like it's very dark, it's terrible transfer and everything. And like this looks amazing. Um, it is, of course, shot by Dean Cundy, who would several years later uh, with having shot Halloween go on to like great acclaim but i mean mm -hmm. it just it looks better than any like southern bigfoot movie sh has any right to and it's it yeah. drags a little in the middle but it's it's really fun it has that same sort of vibe you get when you watch like um the town that dreaded sundown where it's kind of goofy like super goofy slapstick at parts and other times it's mm -hmm. just like really like honest to god like horror nice but the absolute best reissue of this year um and i think it's the one that's topped everyone's list and i it's i'm a late comer to this because i do not have that budget but the lawrence public library um got in um the severn films box set all the haunts be hours the folk horror anthology i have been slowly poking my way through it since i got it last week nice. uh it is like there's just it, you don't even have to watch the films like you can just watch all the supplemental material and stuff like that and you would have like a mm -hmm. great experience but like the movies are great um it's it's amazing i don't know if i would spend the money on it but yeah I, I definitely like if you have a friend who has it and will let you borrow it you will have so much fun nice and i guess the best festival is probably for you because i don't i didn't really get to attend any this year yes and i think everyone no one will be surprised by my answer, which is best festival was Panic Fest. Um, while I did get to experience a couple other fests virtually, uh, I got to go to Panic Fest in person because it's here locally in Kansas City. And so in 2020, it took place right before everything shut down. So it was like the last thing I did before I couldn't do anything for two years. And then in 2021, they had a couple in-person screenings, but I wasn't comfortable with that. So I didn't go. Uh, so this year it was, you know, our first one back in person with my friends, with the people who are like my horror friends. Like I see them at Panic Fest. I don't see them the rest of the year, maybe, but we're buddies for that weekend. And it's just such a great long weekend. My friend Lisa and I and, and our other friend Meredith, we just squeeze in as many as we can. And it's often like, you know, from the, the time it starts to, to the to late into the night for three days in a row, we, you know, like 13 movies back to back. And then the virtual stuff that you can see throughout the week. Um, it's always a good time. It's we've been going, I think since it's second year anyway. So be way before I was involved with anything horror, just other than a fan. So it's a very special festival to me. That is my goal. Like now that I finally have a job that will actually allow me to like reschedule enough to be able to still have my shifts. Yeah. Try and make at least a couple this year. Yes, yes, yes. We would love to hear your your top fives, top tens. Um, mm -hmm. Like what you what if you've been listening to the show, what did we miss this year? Like yeah. what did we what's what's the glaring omission in all of and our coverage over the no matter how many movies i see there's still so many this even this year that i haven't seen that i know are on the top of people's lists and i just haven't seen them so yeah yell at us get online tell us why we're wrong yeah and like additionally like shit like there are books and records yeah. and podcasts and get on it yeah. let us know Tell us about mm -hmm. stuff you're like, we asked this last episode, but like, tell us about stuff you're excited for in this, this year. Absolutely. I don't I don't have anything really for I'll be right back. I don't I mean there's stuff coming up. We talked about things coming out in January that I'm excited to see. I don't have anything specific. Do you? 
no, I'm just going to work my way through this box set and like glory in the fact that it's no longer the holiday season and I get like a little bit of a break. <laughs> yes, rest. <laughs> Great. Yeah. We've got stickers. Email us at carnagereport at gmail.com. That's also where you can email us if you want to tell us that we're wrong, but not on social media. Um, if you email us about a sticker, we will give you an address and you can send a self-addressed stamped envelope and we will get it to you. We got them at a great deal at Sticker Mule. So uh, thanks for listening to the Carnage Report. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage, and we can be reached via email at carnagereportpod at gmail.com if you'd like to, you know, any any of those things, like including suggestions about upcoming episodes. Um, All the music in this episode is by Steve Spacek, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at nodder.bandcamp.com. Uh, Nick, where are you at online? I am on Twitter at Nuthouse Punks. I am on Instagram at Nick Laus Mouse. Uh, you can find my writing at The Pitch and in Starburst Magazine and in many local other publications. Cool. And I'm Dark Humor Girl everywhere you're looking for me. You can find my writing on modernhorrors.com and downrightcreepy.com. So thanks for listening. And we'll be back next episode with another roundup of the latest news and horror. And we will be talking about the killer robotic doll movie, Megan. Yes. Megan is a marvel of artificial intelligence, a lifelike doll programmed to be a child's greatest companion and a parent's parent's greatest ally designed by a brilliant toy making toy company roboticist Gemma. Megan can listen and watch and learn as she becomes friend and teacher, playmate and protector for the child she is bonded to. When Gemma suddenly becomes the caretaker for her orphaned eight-year-old niece, Katie, Gemma's unsure and unprepared to be a parent. Under intense pressure at work, Gemma decides to pair her Megan prototype with Katie in an attempt to resolve both problems, a decision that will have unimaginable consequences. All that and more in two weeks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Have a good and happy new year. Bye-bye. Happy new year. Bye.